Did you think that 2020 would be the year that after the president secured several peace agreements, which could bring about peace in the Middle East, and then getting nominated twice for the Nobel Peace Prize, the Democrats and the left and the media would say, end the Nobel Peace Prize. Did you think that 2020 would be the year that Democrats would actively pay the bail for rioters or the vice presidential candidate would solicit donations to get rioters released from prison amid months of ongoing riots? I certainly didn't think so. And now we have all of these things and more happening. The left's only MO is that Trump is bad. There's no Democratic leadership. They have no real plan. Joe Biden is hiding in the basement. And their only bet is we can maybe win by convincing people that Trump is bad. Well, congratulations. I've heard it. I actually really like that he's withdrawing troops in the Middle East. I really like the Middle East peace agreements. And I can say now, I believe it is fair to say that objectively, the left and the Democrats are absolutely insane. Wait till you see this. Some of the, wait till you see some of the things I'm going to show you pertaining to riots, pertaining to some of these films on Netflix, the cuties film, for instance. How about the, the peace agreements, the Bahrain Israel deal? They roast him no matter what. So I ask you as a decent human being, would you vote for a faction, a party, a tribe, whatever that has no plan other than I hate Trump? What do they do if they win? It reminds me of the Joker in the Dark Knight film. He's a he's a crazed dog chasing after a car. He wouldn't know what to do with it once he caught it. So what happens if they actually win? Then what? They have no narrative. They have no plan. They have no strategy. Joe Biden's platforms all over the place. Is he for or against some of these left wing policies, far left policies? Most people can't tell you. Now, of course, the guy actually has strategy proposals. I'm not saying he doesn't. But the narrative is just one singular thing. Orange man is bad. So what? Joe Biden gets elected. He sits there and goes, uh, Trump is still bad. And you're like, yo, Trump's gone. He's a regular guy now. He's not actually in the presidency. The only thing the left is offering up today is that they hate Trump. But that's not that's not a reason to ask someone to lead this country or to take charge. Right now, we have two parent factions in this culture war. You have, I guess you can call it the right and the left, if that really makes sense. And on the right, there's some proposals. How about this? Donald Trump has secured three massive historic peace agreements. He's doing positive things. Now he's withdrawing troops in the Middle East. I'm sorry, I, know I might be beating a dead horse on that one, but I really, really love that. And that says to me that I can look forward to more success with the Trump presidency. What is Joe Biden doing? Hiding in his basement. And what, are the, what is the left doing? They're supporting riots and denouncing the Nobel Peace Prize. It's just insane. It's just objectively insane. I want to show you this segment from Bill Maher first and talk about how Bill Maher is desperately trying to tell the left to stop, but they don't listen. Even as Bill Maher, renowned, famous liberal says, why are we supporting looting and rioting? They say, oh, no, 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 it's no big deal. Stop. But these people don't have any principles. There's no policy position. It is Trump bad. And that's it. Wait till you see some of the comments you're about to see. This segment is not to rehash the news around these instances. It's to show you the reaction from the left. And, and this is exactly why I think we are facing now some of the biggest red pill moments in American history. When people realize the media's only goal is to make you angry. And if you don't actually know what's going on, how could you actually ever come up with a real solution? But they've spun themselves up into this bubble they can't see out of, and they believe 
insane things. And they literally just hate everything good. I'll tell you this. There have been some good things I've seen from Democrats, mostly pertaining to big tech and surveillance. But if their entire existence is built upon one thing, hatred for Trump, then you have nothing to offer me or anyone else. But let's go through their reactions to some of the breaking news that's come out in the past couple of weeks. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. I got a P.O. box if you want to send me stuff. The best thing you can do, however, is share this video. First, I'll tell you, I don't got a marketing department. I rely on word of mouth. So sharing really does help. But also, I think this might trigger some people because I'm, you know, I'm calling the left insane, man. But I got to tell you, I read the news all day, every single day. And I think I can objectively state that at least a very large portion have lost their minds. Because when I talk to my friends, when I talk to them about, say, like the cuties film and the trafficking stuff, things that the Republicans and Trump are actively trying to stop, they say, hey, that's a good thing. When I say, how about Israel and the UAE? And like, wow, that's fantastic. Now, what happens when I turn on the TV and you go to any network that's anti-Trump? Yeah, they just say the most ridiculous and insane things. That's another reason why you should share the video. Uh, But don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. And let's read the first story from Fox News. Bill Maher knocks media's defense of looting and rioting. I'm not down with that. The HBO star defended Senator Rand Paul, who was harassed by demonstrators outside the White House. Bill Maher, he is like he's holding a red pill and he won't eat it. I love how people say that I'm like the slowest red pill ever. No, I absolutely recognized all of this. I was just holding out, hoping I could be that you know person pushing up against the wall, stopping the far left from going too far. But apparently I couldn't. Bill Maher, however, still has Trump derangement syndrome. He's absolutely convinced of this. Well, now that you've noticed the media is defending looting, rioting and murder, perhaps you can be like, maybe they lied about Trump, too, because, Bill, you got Covington wrong. And that was like a week after it happened. I don't know. I'm assuming you do the show live. Maybe you should have better fact checkers. But when you don't actually do the investigations and you rely just on mainstream media, you will go insane. Real-time host Bill Maher blasted the media Friday night, claiming they offer various justifications for looting and rioting amid the civil unrest that has taken place in cities across the country. During the show's panel segment, Maher began with a warning about the craziness out there, pointing to the controversial book In Defense of Looting that was given a spotlight by NPR and a lot of articles in the press echoing a similar sentiment. Maher explained that in binary times, the fringe will always be associated with one party or the other later insisting that this time around, Democrat Joe Biden will have to wear looting on his back into the election because it is being done by the left. No, it's because Joe Biden negotiated with Bernie Sanders on a pact to bring in more progressive policies. It's because Joe Biden's saying, I see the rioters. And look, man, we're going to negotiate with them. That's crazy to me. But yes, Bill Maher does make a good point. Everybody looks in one direction and they see the fringe and they associate it with everybody. But in this instance, we have Republicans, as I've often said, they they purge the fringe. They say, get away from us. We don't want to look bad. The left says, well, we can negotiate with them and don't take my word for it. Let's read. His panelists disagreed, arguing that Biden had been handling the issue of the unrest very well. And the issue has actually been hurting President Trump. But none of that passed uh, Mars smell test. Quote, what about the property destruction issue? Mark asked. He went on to assert that some defenders of looting justified the destruction because it wasn't assault or murder and that property was replaceable. That is a lie. If I spend 
a year working on a big painting, a passion project, or maybe it's something sentimental. Maybe my mom gave me something and you burn down my building. I can never replace those things. I can never replace the blood, sweat and tears. I'm not down with this properties on the table as something we can just take because things are not right. To me, that's not the way to address our problems by throwing a brick through the window. But where is this massive destruction of property happening right now? Author Jessica Yellen, a former CNN correspondent, asked in an attempt to downplay the violence. Do you watch the news? Marr replied. If you look at Portland, it's two square blocks. Yellen doubled down, calling other examples like Kenosha, Wisconsin, moments of protest, which we have throughout our history. Another lie. These people are insane. They don't read. They don't do any research. Bill, Bill, they don't watch the news. She didn't watch the news. Portland has not been two square blocks. First of all, it was 12 when it was centered in the downtown area, but they moved out to all of these other residential neighborhoods and actually started climbing on people's property. Or I'm sorry, that was Rochester. In Portland, they were just walking on people's property, going in the yards, standing on their deck. They were going around chanting, wake up, mother effer, wake up. It was not two blocks. They went to a bunch of different facilities. They started a bunch of fires and they tried to burn down a condo building because the mayor lived there. Two blocks. They have gone completely insane. Marr pushed back, telling Yellen, there is a view in the media, please. I know you've seen it. Don't look at me like I'm making this up, that this is somehow a justifiable approach. Well, isn't it a part of protest? When did, did we say you can go and destroy people's lives and it's acceptable? It, it is now incredible. So you're a part of this? You believe this, Mar told her? I saw this guy at a Papa John's franchise who was yelling through his broken glass, you're going to elect Trump, and I'm just trying to feed my family. I don't think his view is just like, c'est la vie, it's just property. No, it's why are you attacking me? I didn't do anything to you, man. I make pizza. But these panelists, amazing. Vanity Fair pal- uh, columnist Peter Hamby acknowledged that campus thinking has drifted into the national press and democratic politics. Maher later defended Senator Rand Paul, who was harassed by protesters outside the White House despite his efforts to pass his police reform bill named after Breonna Taylor, as well as diners who have been accosted by demonstrators. You're allowed to eat dinner, Maher exclaimed. I can eat dinner and still be down with the cause. Yellen later referred to the subject of looting as a sideshow in the election, a remark that appeared to strike a nerve with the real time host. It may be a sideshow. Unless it's your business that got wiped out, Mar shot back. I mean, if it's your business, then it's not a sideshow. They have gone nuts. Who in their right mind could sit on TV and say, it's all okay. It's a part of protest to destroy people's lives. That is a tower so ivory you cannot look at it in direct sunlight. Thank you, Bill Maher, for calling it out. Now, please get rid of the Trump derangement syndrome, because I got to say, your hatred for Trump is playing into this as well. Trump's got his issues. He's not that bad. And I'll give you examples. Bahrain will normalize relations with Israel in deal brokered by Trump. The island kingdom in the Persian Gulf becomes the second Arab nation in a month to more openly embrace Israel, dismissing Palestinian, uh, dismissing Palestinian objections. Objectively good. Donald Trump did. Objectively good. Is it perfect? No. I said good. Not perfect or not great, but good. Normalizing relations with Israel can help bring peace and stability to the Middle East. And it's not the only time he's done this, but I'll throw it to Nancy Pelosi. Asked on CNN sit room if Trump deserves credit for the Bahrain Israel deal. 
Pelosi questions his ties to Saudi and says, good for him for having a distraction on a day when the numbers of people who are affected and the numbers of people who are dying from the virus only increases. What an absolute lunatic. Trump's got his problems, man. But this peace deal is historic. And it's not the only one. It is the third under Trump's belt. You know what I see? I see a guy who's like, here's my reelection strategy. I'm going to solve world problems. And I'm like, man, that's a great sales pitch. Right before an election, Trump brokers three historic peace agreements and vows to withdraw our troops, orders the, the withdrawal from Iraq, soon to be Afghanistan. Hey, man, those are tangible results. And I, I love to see it. What are they offering up? The orange man is bad, though. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't care. It reminds me of Scott Pressler. You may know him. He's this dude who goes around cleaning up cities. That's about it. But he's a Trump supporter. He's defended Trump and he's been smeared in the media for cleaning up trash. I am not exaggerating. He went to West Baltimore. He cleaned up some of these areas He had uh, with a bunch of volunteers, mind you. And they actually smeared him in the press saying he's just trying to, to help Trump and make Trump look good. I'll tell you what, man, if I got my choice between people who are vomiting vile refuse and defending looting and destruction and criticizing peace agreements, and I got a guy who's going around cleaning up trash and making the neighborhood look nice, and I got a president who's signing peace agreements, who do you think I'm going to choose? Donald Trump to be nominated for second Nobel Prize. You may have seen the story. Big breaking news. Congratulations, Trump. And you know what? I mean it. These peace agreements warm my heart. I am foreign policy is one of the one of the bigger issues for me for a long time. It's what really sparked me into political understanding when I was a kid, the Iraq war. I mean, I was uh, I was very young when 9-11 happened. And so I was very, very into like what's happening. And it really is a view about, you know, there's the America first mentality, which is more about, hey, we want want to take care of American citizens first. I recognize that, but I'm not there. You know, I'm actually at I say do no harm. I don't believe we should be going after these, these other countries and doing the things we're doing, especially predicated upon lies. And that, that jives with the America first people. Cause I'm like, yo, we bring our troops back. We get them home. They get to see their families. We can allocate resources to building infrastructure here on the ground. And guess what? Helps America. But for me, I don't want people blowing up in other countries. I think we've made a lot of mistakes in that regard and there are issues we, we got to deal with. But Trump, he's making moves that I think may cause some pain. It's true. Not the peace agreements, the withdrawal of troops. But we got to do it. We have to do what we got to do. We got we got to do it. You can't just sit back and keep saying no. Well, of course, the Atlantic and the Nobel Peace Prize, the Trump nomination shows that peace had its chance and blew it. Are you, <laughs> what? <laughs> the dude signs three historic peace agreements and this is what we're gifted. I'm sorry, man. You may be saying, Tim, that, that you, you, the Democrats insane and, and they've lost their minds and they're unhinged and all stuff. You are being so exaggerated. You're exaggerating and hyperbolic. You're so biased. Dude, I'm sorry, man. Nah, I'm going to stop you right there. They defended on Bill Maher looting and rioting and acted like it wasn't a big deal. And even Bill Maher is going, what? What am I listening to? And you want to tell me that calling for the end of the Nobel Peace Prize after three historic peace agreements. You know what? Trump has already earned his prize. He's going to go down in history for these peace agreements. Is it the end? Is it perfect? Of course not. He's chipping away. He's trying to do the right thing. And, and it's funny because Trump is just like his character is not very good. But outside, 
you know, if you look beyond the the <laughs> the, the Trump bombacity, what's the word I'm thinking of? You know, Trump's a bombastic guy. If you can look past that, he's actually doing things that I like, and I will take the win. It's crazy to me that they can never give Trump not one good day. You're insane because even a broken clock is right twice a day. So maybe I'm a broken clock. You know why? Because twice a day I might compliment the Democrats in a sea of hundreds of uh, insults. Well, no, I don't really insult, but hundreds of criticisms. I periodically have good things to say about some of these Democrats. Like when Joe Biden condemned the violence, I said, thank you. Do more, though. Call them out by name. He did that. He's 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 really flipped his tune on defund the police. Maybe it was a mistake. I can respect that. And you still got Republicans saying that he wants to defund the police. That's a bit disingenuous at that point. At, at this point, we know he said reallocate funds, but we also know now he's doubled down on more funding for police. So let's not play that game. I try to be more than a broken clock, but something is messed up when their clock, when the left is not even right twice a day. It just doesn't. It's, it's always wrong, no matter what Trump does. The Nobel Peace Prize is bad. Who cares anyway? Trump shouldn't get it. Yeah, y'all are nuts, man. I got more for you, though. So here's the story from the Daily Mail noting that Atlantic is getting slammed for publishing the op-ed. And it's just a series of tweets. So we'll, we'll jump over to the, uh, the Reddit post. Trump scores second shock Nobel Prize nomination. Yes, that's right. On Reddit. And guess what? It has zero upvotes. I'm sorry. It has zero points. What this means is more people are downvoting this than upvoting it. The way Reddit works is if it gets more up than down, it will appear higher and higher in the ranking. So you'll find it. They announced 15 hours ago, they posted this, that Trump is getting a second nomination and the left is so unhinged. They didn't want anyone to see it happening. And the comments are nuts. Was this one forged? Yeah, well, so did Mussolini. What about Hitler and Stalin? They got nominated, too. If he agrees to go away, just give it to him. A guy who regards poor countries as s-hole countries, who openly, who is a proud racist and white nationalist who engages in ludicrous trade wars, and eh, they're losing their minds. They're, they've, they're, they've, lost the, they've lost the plot. When I saw this, you know, I was planning on doing something about immigration. I'm like, we got this immigration ruling. And I was like, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. These past weeks have been insane. I mean, the past months have been insane. The riots, the absurdity. And then I saw the Bill Maher uh, story. And he's, here's a guy. It's, it reminds me of uh, that. I think it's the Kierkegaard uh, uh, short you know, poem or idiom or whatever you call it, where the clown rushes out on stage and says, there's a fire backstage. And everyone starts laughing and clapping. And then the clown is like, no, no, there's a major fire. And then everyone's just clapping and laughing even more. It's all part of the show. And he says, I think that's how the world will end to, you know, uproarious laughter as the world burns around us so or something, something to that effect. And that's what it felt like Bill Maher being like, are you guys watching these videos? I'm a liberal. I saw a Papa John's employee freaking out over this. And they're like, no, Bill, you're crazy. It's no big deal. Bill, when are you going to come out, wake up and realize the media has been lying the entire time and everything that's been happening is just absolute insanity. It's totally insane. Uh, this is the same one I, I pulled up about Nancy Pelosi. But take a look at this story from Newsweek. Will Democrats accept election results if they think Trump cheated to win? Of course not. Hillary Clinton already told Biden not to concede under any circumstances. In, in their little war game thing they did, John Podesta playing Joe Biden refused to concede. It is going to be Trump derangement syndrome all the way down. That's why they told us 
unless Joe Biden wins in a landslide, there will be violence. Please, I beg of you, America, don't give the keys to these lunatics. I feel bad for Bill Maher because he's like half. He's got his foot outside the door, but he's not quite outside of the room yet. Listen, these people don't have a plan. They have no plan. Their only plan is orange man bad. Don't give them the keys. Now, I understand maybe there will be violence if Trump wins because it's the left that's been violent. So what? We have to stand up and face that challenge. Now, I've heard from some people they're scared. They want everything to go back to normal. Maybe Biden just should win because no, stop. They'll come. Let them come. If the crazies want to be violent and they refuse to accept the results, we cannot. We cannot fall on bended knees simply because we are scared of crazy people. There comes a time where you have to stand up for yourself. You have to defend yourself. And if the crazy people want to get crazy, then we must defend our institutions and our country. If Joe Biden wins, Donald Trump, with a smile on his face, will hand over power with no question. That's what they've told us. But if Donald Trump wins, they will fight tooth and nail with 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 flaming Molotov cocktail in hand, demanding we defund the police to end systemic racism, to end systemic racism and end up driving out African-American police chiefs. There's no plan. There's no cohesive strategy. There's no real ideology. The left has become a paranoid, delusional, chaotic, destructive force. Now, 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 now hear me out. They'll tell you all the same things about Trump. And that's a challenge for me. It is because I try to make sure that I'm not falling into the same traps. But let me just be real with all of you. I just showed you all these sources, right? I'm not just arbitrarily making things up and I'm actively fact checking against these people. I think they've truly broken. They've broken under Trump because they hate him so much and they've created an industry out of hating Trump. If the media's whole MO is Trump is bad and the only thing they write is Trump is bad, even to the point where they say, end the Nobel Peace Prize, the Democrats, this is their base, have no choice but to play to this. So now here's what you get. If you vote for Donald Trump, you will see more peace agreements. You will see a bolstered economy. You will see a pushback on critical race theory. Trump is not perfect. COVID is a serious problem. But Trump did a lot of things that I think I, I think he did well. And I offer up the Democrats any uh, you know, an opportunity to tell me what he should have done differently, because Nancy Pelosi and de Blasio were advocating for people to go out very early in COVID. So I don't pl- I, I think that's a moot point. I see Donald Trump, him winning means prosperity for the economy, a withdrawal of our troops in the Middle East, an end to critical race theory, at least at governmental level, and more peace agreements. I would like those things very, very much so. Trump's second term agenda also includes uh, school choice, which I'm a big fan of. And uh, I I like the idea and not defunding the police. I also like that, too. I look at the Democrats and what do they offer? Trump is bad. Riots are good. In defense of looting, Black Lives Matter. No, no, uh, I'm sorry. Those those things haven't really brought us anything positive, nor are they a cohesive strategy, nor are they any kind of solution. So what happens if they win and they yell Black Lives Matter? Do we defund the police? Okay, well, I don't want that. What happens now that they're criticizing Trump for his peace agreements? If Joe Biden gets elected, do we get more war? I don't want that. 
defund the police, more war and more critical race theory. Do Americans really want that? Not only this, nobody believe. Okay, I'll slow down. Most people think Trump is the right choice on the economy. And I think you'd have to be lying to yourself to argue otherwise. In the end, what do I see happening? The one thing, the one thing you could probably argue, support for Black Lives Matter and police reform. Well, the Republicans already offered up a police reform bill and the Democrats are the ones who blocked it. And more importantly, it is the inversion of a solution. Democrats are driving African-American police chiefs out of their jobs. So uh, should I expect any positive changes or solutions under the Democrats if they win? Yes, one, they themselves will stop burning our cities down. Is that it? Nah, I'll stand defiant and say, give me the historic peace agreements. Y'all are completely insane. And if that means I have to fight for my rights and defend them, I will. I mean that figuratively, I'm like in a legal sense. I'm not going to go out and fight anybody. Of course, they'll want to lie, cheat and steal to do, every, do anything to gain power. Well, I'll tell you what. I think they've gone completely insane. And it's probably been said 50 million times. So whatever, I'm saying it again. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. It is a different channel. And I will see you all then. The other day, Andy No tweeted about a man who was caught trying to ignite a gas line at a Portland hotel. He got caught. And a woman posted on Facebook that she had spoken to the police and they were concerned this guy would probably get cut loose in just a few days, even after doing something as insane as this. Now, I don't know what his intent was. Was he trying to blow up a hotel? I have no idea. I looked into this guy a little bit and I don't really find anything ideological. It just falls in line with crazy people doing crazy things. But the bigger issue is that Portland I got to say, is becoming lawless. And this is the result of an ideological district attorney. And worryingly, it may be the beginning of morality policing. If someone is sowing chaos and discord, seems like they're going to allow it. Unless, of course, that individual is a right winger who's attacking them. So there's a couple other things I want to talk about. For one, we'd, I, I want to go through this and show you what they were saying about a guy. There's a photo of him. He was like wrapping a flaming blanket to a gas line. And then we have this post Andy, uh, Andy No put up from the woman where she, ta- she talks about what happened and how the Portland police said they're probably going to release this guy, just cut him loose, and he could do worse. He could do more things. But some big news as it relates to the protest is we have this story. Patriot Prayer leader Joey Gibson sues Multnomah County DA Mike Schmidt in federal court. Why? Well, Joey Gibson is facing felony riot charges. It's one charge, and they won't drop it. Hmm, that's strange because according to Mike Schmidt, the DA, they actually were dropping a lot of riot charges for the left. So that's the argument that, well, I'll put it, I'll put it mildly. If you oppose their ideology, then they're going to lock you up. Now, here's my bigger concern. And we'll go through some of this stuff because we have enough, we have some polls. Oregon voters say Portland protests now do more harm than good. And Portland is a very left wing place and they're turning on the mayor and, and people not having it. How about we'll put it that way. But here's my bigger concern, and maybe maybe a little hyperbolic, but listen, we know that the people of this ideology say revolution, nothing less. We know that they say we must dismantle capitalism and white supremacy. So, of course, Joey Gibson will face felony riot charges and they won't drop that. They're going to say, no, we're going to use the power of the state to lock up, you know, you right wingers. They'll literally go, go and they hunted a guy down and killed him. But if it's an arsonist, if it destroys the system, the police worry this guy will actually get released. Now, I'm not saying he actually will get released. I don't know for sure. 
But here's the post we have from Facebook. And I want want to show you this first because the bigger issue to me is the lawlessness that we're seeing creeping into places like Portland. It's no surprise then that Joey Gibson has to take it to the feds to try and get some relief in the courts because it seems like only Donald Trump, the DHS and the federal attorneys are actually willing to enforce the law right now. These local jurisdictions have gone off the rails. Here's a post that Andy No put up from Susan Gadotti. She says, today was a day I won't soon forget. This morning on my way to work, I saw firsthand some of the depravity that is infecting Portland and how our law enforcement has their hands tied in protecting our city. As I was driving around the back of a building to go park, I saw two men standing by the back corner of the building, looking around at me as I drove around the corner. And what I saw startled me so much that I didn't process what I was seeing at first. These two idiots were fumbling with a burning blanket they had wrapped around the natural gas valve that feeds into uh, that feeds the gas into the hotel and is located on the wall of the hotel. When they saw me put on the brakes and stop, they started walking quickly away from it. I finally got my camera app open and was able to snap a picture of the guy that I saw wrapping the blanket up around the valve before he took off. He kept looking at me, but he turned his face, but he turned his face away from me just as I snapped it. Then I called 911 which took what seemed like a long time to get through. But the fire department got there faster than it took to get through to the 911 operator. After the fire inspector, who was also the Portland, a Portland police detective, came to the hotel, I was asked to give a statement of what I saw. While we were talking, he got the call that they had apprehended one of the suspects and, w- and would I be willing to go and see if I could identify if this is who I saw at the hotel. I agreed and we drove about five blocks to where they had him and I was able to positively identify him. And so did a couple of other people who had actually started following them when they realized what was going on. On the way back to my office, the inspector told me that it was his feeling this guy would be in jail for maybe three days and then would be cut loose again. How disheartening is that? If they had been successful, they could have caused a devastating explosion and possibly killed many people. Not only did they put that blanket around the valve, but they had placed several batteries that were taped together under the blanket to burn as well. I'm not sure what the reasoning for that was, but it couldn't have been good. I'm so sick of this behavior. Enough is enough. She goes on to say, I was asked to remove this post so as not to incite people to make uh, to make people worry about their safety in Portland. I understand the concerns, but I also believe that everyone needs to know that they, they de- that they need to keep their eyes open and watch. And if they see something, say something. We can't afford to let this behavior ruin our city, our state, and our lives. And for those that believe this picture was Photoshop and I'm a bot, go away. I have no reason to lie about this and tell you the tr- uh, and, and to tell you the truth is sacred. Uh, is, the truth is, it scared the crap out of me. I wish I'd have gotten better pictures of the man walking away and the other one running up to the street, but I was shook up from what I was seeing. Well, Andy No posted an image of the man. He posted uh, this image of the guy walking away. We have this image of the blanket on the ga- what on the gas line, and then we have this uh, arrest report it's for a Jet Thomas arson one, unlawful use of weapon, menacing, and all these other uh, other issues. And I'll tell you what, putting batteries on this, depending on what kind of batteries they were, batteries go boom. I don't know if you've ever seen the phones exploding because the batteries swell up and they go bad. But there, there are certain batteries like lithium polymer batteries and to an extent lithium ion batteries. They can explode when superheated, when, when heated, I should say superheated, but when heated. And so maybe that was the issue. Maybe here I'm, I'm thinking, I wonder if the idea was the fire itself wouldn't ignite the lines, but the batteries could create enough of an explosion to damage the lines, releasing the gas and causing a larger explosion. I don't know why the guy did it. 
I don't know uh, what it I have no idea. No idea. I looked into the guy and I just seemed like a regular guy. It's just weird and it's creepy. But I'll tell you what, the reason I bring this story up is because of morality policing, something that I've been warning about for quite some time. Now, to be fair, I say that a lot right now, uh, don't I? To be fair, we, we haven't seen a whole lot of riots or protests in Portland over the past several days, and this could be due to the wildfires. It could also be due, I think, because the feds came in and started arresting a ton of people and they turned tail and ran because that happened a little while ago and then things have slowly been simmering down. There was protests a couple days ago. It was a dance party, no agitators. Why? Well, the feds arrested all the agitators. Once the feds have them in custody, they can't be cut loose unless the feds cut them loose. But when it comes to the DA in Portland, they cut loose all the far leftists to then keep going out and writing. That was the point of deputizing OSP. The state police were retreating from the city saying that we, we arrest these guys and they just release them right away. Could you imagine if they do that for this guy who was arrested on arson? Man, you got a fire bug. He wants to blow stuff up. That's the kind of person you want to, you know, you want to remand. I mean, I, I get it. Innocent until proven guilty, but it's, it's a tough call. I think if someone's caught, there's photos, it was an argument for remand. But now Patriot Prayer leader Joey Gibson is suing Multnomah County DA Mike Schmidt in federal court. This is over selective prosecution. Patriot Prayer leader Joey Gibson and supporter Russell Schultz both face pending riot charges in Multnomah County. On, uh, on Friday, filed a federal lawsuit against the county's district attorney, alleging selective prosecution based on political beliefs. The suit accuses District Attorney Mike Schmidt of engaging in unfair prosecution by refusing to dismiss a sole felony riot allegation against both Gibson and Schultz in light of his new office policy. Schmidt announced last month that his office wouldn't pursue riot charges against people involved in recent Portland protests without an accompanying allegation of specific property damage or use of force. Gibson and Schultz are among six men who were accused of inciting a riot on May Day 2019 between right-wing Patriot Prayer and left-leaning Antifa outside a Northeast Portland pub. Two of the six pleaded guilty and were sentenced in January. Gibson and Schultz have pleaded not guilty, and their trials are set for October 26. Their lawyers, James Buchal, chair of Multnomah County's Republican Party, and D. Angus Lee, allege that Schmidt and his deputy district attorney are engaged in bad faith, selective, and retaliatory prosecution of Gibson and Schultz in violation of the office's own written policy. Gibson and Schultz want a federal judge to issue a temporary restraining order or preliminary injunction to halt their state prosecution. The two men's riot charges stem from a clash on May 1st outside of the Portland Bar Cider Riot. Now, this was an Antifa bar, which was hosting a gathering of Antifa members celebrating demonstrations they held elsewhere in the city that day. Hostilities exploded after about 20 right-wing protesters, including Gibson, arrived outside Cider Riot near Northeast 8th Avenue and Couch Street and confronted Antifa members sitting on the patio. Several videos show people using pepper spray, throwing drinks and fighting. Gibson disputes the single charge of felony riot. His lawyer said, uh, his lawyer said in court papers filed last year, a Portland police detective said Gibson could be seen in a video taunting and threatening members of Antifa and later physically pushing a woman before she was hit with a baton and knocked unconscious by someone else. Gibson's lawyers contend the allegations that Gibson pushed women are completely false and said he was trying to defuse a fight between a man and a, uh, between the woman and another man. Hours after Schmidt held a news conference at the Multnomah County Courthouse on August 11th to announce his new policy of charges stemming from the city's recent protests, one of Gibson's lawyers emailed a deputy district attorney inquiring if the new policy meant Gibson's right charge would also be dismissed. 
Lee wrote to the deputy district attorney requesting that the riot charge against Gibson be dropped, arguing Gibson hadn't engaged in any other alleged assault or property damage. We therefore call upon your office to provide equal application of the MCDA policy and dismiss the charge against Mr. Gibson, just as you would for any other individual charged only with riot. Deputy District Attorney Brad Kalbaugh, after consulting with Schmidt, responded in an email to Gibson's lawyers, informing them the charges wouldn't be dismissed. My office's new policy pertaining to riot trials is not retroactive, Kalbaugh wrote. Gibson's lawyers pushed back, noting that nothing in the written policy that Schmidt's office released said anything about retroactivity. Yet it does say the policy will apply to all referred cases arising from the current protests. Now, hey, to be fair, the policy said current protests, but there's still an argument for selective enforcement in this regard that uh, in, 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 in the context, um, meaning that you have these people who have done nothing but riot. If they're going to hold one group to, to, a, to a particular standard, then it should apply to others regardless. Otherwise, they're going to arrest right wing groups. But then when the left wing groups get arrested, they release them. That's what you can't have. So they'll, they'll try and make the argument saying, no, it says current protests. Well, why wasn't there a policy from the, D, from the DA's office pertaining to riots previously? Why is it that only when it's left wing violence, now you have this policy? To be fair, I think Mike Schmidt was recently elected. I don't know when he, he was appointed, but still, it's not on the individual. It's going to be on the office and there's got to be equality under the law. They say, so just as I, uh, so here's a quote. So just so I understand, Lee wrote back uh, by email, it does apply to cases from the protests that began around the end of May 2020 through current, but it does not apply back further to Mr. Gibson's case. That's my understanding. Calbaugh responded later, according to a thread of emails obtained by the Oregonian. The lawsuit filed by Gibson and Schultz also references an interview Schmidt did on video with his former with his former Vassar College classmate, a social justice activist and hip hop artist who goes by the name Awkward before Schmidt started as district attorney on August 1st. So, yes, he's, he's a new D.A. He'll argue that was a different policy from a different D.A. The suit points to Schmidt's interview as an indication that he has a predisposition against Gibson and his followers. Schmidt, through his office spokesman, Brett Weisberg, has declined comment on Gibson's case, noting it's a matter pending before the court. Weisberg also Friday declined comment on the federal lawsuit. I'm wondering if they're going to bring this up in the actual trial come October and say, we have a motion for, you know, to dismiss to the judge because they're dismissing riot charges for other people. Even if he's new to the office, his policy policy should apply. Well, I'll tell you, the people of Oregon probably agree. Oregon voters say Portland protests now do more harm than good, new poll says. And how about this? Oregon voters disapprove of Portland protests, feel police aren't using enough force, poll finds. The the most interesting aspect of this poll is that Oregon voters believe the protests do more harm than good. You know why this is significant? I think it's going to play up to Donald Trump come, uh, come November. Now, just a couple of months away from the election. Think about this. Oregon voters, well, it's Oregon voters, so it's not necessarily all the far left. There are conservatives in in Oregon. But I think about this just in terms of a a general, okay, okay, maybe it's not fair to say Oregon is representative of the country, but you got conservative areas, you got liberal areas, and now everybody is saying, nah, not good. We don't like what they're doing. It's causing more harm. Do you think regular Americans in other parts of the country feel similarly? Because I do. And I think we're watching, uh, you know, Portland specifically, and Oregon voters talking about what's happening in their state. What do you think people in this country are talking about when it comes to what's happening in their country? 
Just the other night, there were still riots. Okay, so I, I can tell you that Portland, for the most part, is, has been chill. The OSP has gone in and kind of wrapped things up. But we did see protests. Rochester is still heating up. There's still riots in other parts of the country. And, you know, just general violence and vandalism. And it could be a couple things why the protests stopped. Like I mentioned, it could be the fires. It could be Donald Trump solved the problem. I think that's a strong, uh, I, I believe that's the strongest, um, uh, like it's, that's the most likelihood circumstance as to why the protests and the riots have sort of died down. But a lot of these people are probably heading to D.C. We're now only about five days away from the White House siege. So we'll see how that stuff you know, starts to play out. But I do want to show you something I find truly fascinating here. I mentioned this in my main segment the other day. A majority of Oregon voters disapprove of how all major elected leaders have responded to the ongoing protests across the U.S. and Oregon. But take a look at Trump. 51% strongly disagree with what Trump did in response to the protests. What did he do? What did Trump do? He defended the courthouse. This is Trump derangement syndrome. So first I'll say that should be alarming to people, man. I mean, it could be the, for the most part, this could be Portland right here. And this could be the rural areas. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, Trump did very little Maybe that's what they're mad about. Maybe they wanted the Insurrection Act. I don't know. That could be the case considering Mayor Ted Wheeler has an almost equally high disapproval rating. So Trump's at 59 and Mayor Ted Wheeler's at 58% disapproval. Okay, maybe the people wanted Trump to crush it with an iron fist and they wanted Ted Wheeler to do the same. And and I can back this up. Check it out. Mayor Ted Wheeler has a 30% approval in response to the riots and the protests, whereas Trump has a 39% approval. And what's the main difference between the two? Donald Trump sent in pact. So maybe the strong disapproval is people saying, why wouldn't he send in the military? I'm not entirely convinced that he could have and that it would have been a good idea. But considering that more people approve of Trump than they do Ted Wheeler, I gotta say, seems like the people of Portland wanted this protest to end. When you look at the fact that the Oregon voters say the, the protests are doing more harm than good. And they're saying they want more force and they disapprove of the protests. I think they're mad at Trump for not doing more. I really do think so. Well, as I showed you, they hate Mayor Ted Wheeler. Under fire for how he handled protests, Portland mayor says he won't capitulate to critics. This is the best part. The middle ground is very elusive right now, Mayor Ted Wheeler said. When it comes to solutions, compromise is seen as a dirty word. The middle ground? You think you're the middle ground, dude. Standing down and letting violent far leftists do whatever they want is not the middle ground. The middle ground is arresting people and charging them. But of course, here is a man with, uh, seemingly with no spine, who had to run tail between his legs from his own building because people tried to burn it down and he couldn't get the police to do anything about it. Apparently, people who lived there had called 911 one day and the cops didn't respond. Maybe they responded eventually, but initially they didn't. And they weren't going to come. Why go to Ted Wheeler's condo? He's the one who foments all of this. So he runs tail between his legs, scared. Now people are dragging him, saying he's done a terrible job. And he says, but I'm on the middle ground. No, you're not. You're doing nothing ineffectual, pathetic, and feckless. So I, I look, I guess what? Recall the guy. There's a lot of people saying that they, 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 they want him recalled. They want him fired. Uh, they want him to resign. Both conservatives and the far left are saying the mayor should resign. And you know what? I think so. Check it out. They say conservatives claim he has not done enough to protect the city from protesters who have gathered every night for more than three months, sometimes lighting fires and antagonizing police. 
Progressives say he hasn't done enough to protect residents from police officers who lobbed tear gas and other projectiles into the crowds. President Trump called Wheeler a fool for not reining in protesters, while Black Lives Matter advocates said Wheeler mishandled the unrest, which shows no signs of slowing down. I am embarrassed for him, protester Alashia Lauer said during a July demonstration. It's about time that Ted Wheeler realizes that people are demanding real change in the system. Zero change is causing nightly violence. Oh, it's 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 he's causing the violence. Well, I'll tell you what, kind of. But it really does come down to the DA. And that's why the lawsuit's so significant. But I love it. No one's making you go out and throw explosives, dude. No one's making you go out and try and tear down barriers, vandalize stuff and beat people in the streets. I love I love how that's like the, the main go to for the far left. They show up and they start beating people and they're going like, oh, no, they're making me hit you. Why is Mayor Ted Wheeler making me beat you in the street? Why are they making me throw this firework? He's not. But he's not doing anything about it anyway. So I find it funny when he says it's the middle ground. The middle ground is doing nothing. Okay, they're the far left and the right are complaining you're doing nothing. There's no middle ground They're They're both mad about it. Now, granted, they want you to do two different things. And the far left is insane. So Ted Wheeler recently announced they were banning the use of tear gas in Portland. Okay, fine, whatever. The riots seem to have died down because Trump really did solve the problem, in my opinion. Or, you know, people are heading to D.C. I have no idea. But listen, this guy is one of the weakest and most pathetic politicians we probably have in this country. And that's saying a lot because people don't realize we got like, like, I don't know, several thousand. I think it's like, I think it might be like 30,000 actually, because you have uh, lower level, like state level, local level politicians. But this guy takes the cake. I don't care if you got a corrupt town councilman in a city of a thousand people who's, you know, stealing bucks, you know, stealing money from the community fund to buy beer. Nah, it's this guy. He's the worst. He should resign. The only problem is that the next his his like principal challenger, this woman who's running against him, is an avowed Antifa member, whatever. And she, so, what comes next? I tell you what, man. The far left wants to defund the police. That's Im- impractical. It's impossible. That's not the middle ground. The middle ground is literally supporting the police and and arresting the criminals. That's it. And and the problem is. The conservatives who are talking about this are, for the most part, just to the right of the middle ground. I'll tell you what the middle ground, uh, that's what the middle ground really looks like. You want to talk about extremes? You've got people on the far right saying, go in with live ammo, shut it all down, control the streets, dominate them, crush this. And that's not what conservatives are asking for. That's not what liberals and moderates are asking for. And the far left is saying, get rid of all cops. You want to talk about extremes. That's what would be the real extreme. So you're not playing to the middle ground. You're just ineffectual and you're terrible at your job. Now, it'll be interesting to see how the, how the lawsuit with Joey Gibson plays out. And more importantly, I'm hoping they don't release this guy innocent until proven guilty, right? But seriously, Portland's got deep seated issues, man. If, if, if this is what the police feel like is going to happen, you got morality problems. Uh, mora- I'm sorry, well, you do got morality problems in the DA's office, but you got morale problems too. I don't know, man. Portland, maybe they'll figure it out, whatever. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. Defund the media. Get rid of the media. All of these companies gotta go. You are about to embark on a journey of what may be the biggest red pill ever jammed down your throat. I'm really angry. I am really angry. You know why? 
because I keep having to see clips from this movie Cuties, and it is not what the media is trying to claim it is. It is not conservative outrage. These people are psychopaths in the media. You see, what they've done is they see people on Twitter saying, hey, this movie is is messed up. And they go, (laughs) silly right winger. We're going to write defenses of this movie. Guess what? Everyone is calling this out. Avowed Marxists are calling this out. And the top post on Reddit this morning, the number one post was a video from a YouTuber who said it is worse than you think. I have to censor this video right now. I can't even show you some of these things. And I'm and, and, and you know, the, the, so there's this guy I'm not a big I'm not super, uh, super familiar with his YouTube channel, but it's 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 got hundreds of thousands of views. It was the number one post on Reddit. I mean, it's one of the biggest social media sites in the world because everyone is outraged at what this is. He couldn't even show everything. He shows some of the dancing. He shows some of these scenes. There's one scene where the girls touch. I, I, this movie is messed up. And that what they've done is they've thinly veiled this, this film. It's like, it's a criticism of the exploitation of children. Right now, here's the big news. Members of Congress demand it is in, Netflix is investigated by the Department of Justice for distributing child adult films after outrage over cuties, which viewers claim sexualizes young girls and encourages pedophilia. Um, this, this video might get deranked, demonetized, stripped, and all that stuff. I have to censor some of these images. Let, let, let this be the easiest way to explain to you the problems with this movie. I cannot show on YouTube some of the things they do in this movie with these little girls. I cannot show it. I have to remove some. I can't show certain articles. I can't show some of these clips. That should make you realize something. When, whenever you publish a video to YouTube, it asks you about things you've got in the video. And it specifically asks you about certain activities that adults might perform. Yep, I would have to flag this so I can't show it. Yet Netflix would have children do this and then tell you it's, it's fine. Early on, and, and most of you probably know this, there was, a, there was a huge wave of criticism over the poster, which had these little girls in sexualized poses. And, and Netflix apologized, saying that was a marketing mistake. Except the scene in question from the poster is in the movie, a three minute scene where the little girls actually touch themselves. I can't I can't believe I'm even saying these things. There's there's other scenes where they take pictures of themselves, their, their, their private parts. This is this is nuts. But I'll tell you what I'm really mad about. We're, we'll talk about these members of Congress. A lot of these criticisms, even Tulsi Gabbard's come out against this. It's the media and the left's knee-jerk reaction to claim anything the right argues against or highlights must be wrong. Vox.com has a defense of this film. So how is it? How is it that you can have the top post on Reddit? Let me see if I can, if I have this. Here we go. I tweeted this. The top post on Reddit's video subreddit with 23 million subscribers is slamming Netflix over cuties. But the media keeps trying to claim it's a right-wing thing, WTF. And here's, here's, here it is, 31,300 upvotes on r slash videos posted 10 hours ago, 8,256 comments. Look at all of these awards, 238 more than the ones they've already displayed. Why? Regular people watch the video from this man. He's regular. I'm not super familiar with his channel, but he seems to do like pop culture commentary. And he's like, yo, this is worse than everyone was saying. You see, this is why I say it's the biggest red pill ever. Is this guy now going to stop and think, wait a minute, 
If they're claiming this is a right wing thing, but regular people are mad about this film, what else has the media lied about? The media's whole MO right now is basically if a conservative says it, it must be wrong. And so there's this endless defense of this of this film. So here's the story. The Daily Mail, I, I don't even want to show you some of the some of the images, but I left the ones in that I could. Members of Congress from across the political spectrum are demanding action be taken, including a possible investigation by the Department of Justice into the Netflix streaming platform after it released the release of a controversial new film, Cuties. The film depicts young girls in a dance group all dressed in risque outfits and performing sexually suggestive choreography. Uh, you're cutting out the lead. It actually, there's a scene where the little girl pulls her pants down and takes a picture and posts it to the internet. This, okay, listen, man. The, the criticism from the media is the film is actually critical of all of these things. <laughs> critical of all these things. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm going to make a film about, oh, no, no, I'm not going to play this game. Imagine somebody wanted to, pl- to make a film where they talked about how drugs were bad. So they got a bunch of 11 year olds to do a bunch of drugs on camera and then published it and was like, but we're criticizing drug use. So what if these little kids are doing crack? That's the point. They made a film. They had the girls do it. What are they trying to suggest? Do you think that they're going to watch this film and they're going to say things like, I understand the political complexities of what Netflix is trying to get across? No, it's TVMA. The rating for this film is TVMA. Your kids can't even watch it. That's how messed up this is. So they're trying to shock adults by making them watch three minutes of long, drawn out, sexualized dancing in, 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 in skimpy outfits. No, I'm sorry, man. You can get that point across without constantly having these long, drawn-out scenes. I think, I wonder if the intent of this was literally to just be moral outrage. But look, I digress. I've I've seen the clips people have posted. I have not watched the whole film, and I don't want to. And I'm, I'm already upset enough that I've seen some of the things I've seen coming out of this film. But the real issue, of course, is the media will blindly defend anything. I think what we're seeing is a massive red pill for a few reasons, that being one of them, but also the depravity of Hollywood. It won this. This film won, a, won an award. I don't know, maybe more than one. And, and these people, there are people in media saying, I, I watched the film earlier and I, you know, I, I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal and stuff like that. It's like, you kidding me? When I saw the first clip go up on, on Twitter, I was immediately like, whoa, mute. And then people kept posting it. And I was like, if you post this, I will unfollow you. I will mute you. I do not want to see this. Yet you've got people in the movie industry being like, it's great. We love it. The scene where she pulls her pants down, pulls out her phone. Are you kidding me? Look at this. Jim Banks. This is a father of three young daughters. I find cutie sickening. Glad to join Senator Tom Cotton in calling on the DOJ to bring charges against Netflix for distribution of child porn. Wow. Yikes, man. Beatrice Cardenas says, as the mother of an eight-year-old girl, I strongly support cancel Netflix. Lila Rose says, you don't fight child exploitation by exploiting children. I can't show you some of the clips. I I can't even play them. So you you get the point about this film. Look, we had Tulsi Gabbard come out. She called it straight up porn. Man. She says, it's wow. I, 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 I can't even read these. I can't even read this. I can't even read some of the tweets people have brought up, and I am just sick and tired of this, the defense of this. Take a look at this. Google search Netflix cuties. I didn't do a Google search for controversy. I didn't do a Google search for for right wing. I did a straight Google search for Netflix cuties. Fox News, number one. 
Netflix should face DOJ action over cuties, some members of Congress say. The Verge. Why cancel Netflix is trending? So far, pretty neutral. Vox. Cuties controversy. Netflix's French coming of age film meets the QAnon era. A movie critiquing the sexualization of young girls is, is accused of doing the thing it criticizes. Here's how the controversy started. The QAnon era. <laughs> what? The top post on Reddit this morning was criticizing the film, telling you it was bad, laden with awards. This is what scares me about the mainstream media. If, re- if, if, if everything that the right says is just labeled as lies by, by the, 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 these media personalities and pundits, how many regular people don't realize these right wing individuals are actually telling the truth? How many of them would realize, wait a minute, I actually agree. This film's nasty. It's wrong. And you get people on Reddit, top post. Okay, this is significant. Reddit is a very, very lefty site. Nearly every post that comes up is orange man bad. And they're like, yo, this is messed up. There's even a meme, the political compass where you have uh, the, 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 uh, the libertarian left, the libertarian right, the authoritarian right, and the authoritarian left, all looking at the cuties poster saying, Netflix, what is wrong with you? Take a look at this. Slate magazine, Netflix cuties controversy explained why conservatives are obsessed with the movie. IndieWire, Cuties director speaks out amid backlash film sexualizes children. Netflix stands by this. I want to make sure I stress. Netflix said, we're sorry about the poster. But then in the film, when they have a three minute scene, which is just a a moving version of the poster. Well, we defend that. It's just the marketing of the film shouldn't have done this. Why? Was their intent to publish a film that you didn't realize was exploitation of children? So you'd watch it and then what? Are they trying to normalize this? I think it's absolutely ludicrous. They would they would suggest that, but it's criticizing the thing. No, it's not. Sure, you can call it a criticism, but it's just it's 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 such a fake fake argument. So we have some other uh, regular stuff. Washington Post: The people freaking out about cuties should try it. They might find a lot to like. Excuse me. You know what? I realized something, and I, there's another reason why this is a big red pill. Big, big red pill. You know, people base their, uh, people project, okay? This is a normal thing in, 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 in human behavior. If you feel some way, look, if a person is very greedy and they feel that the best, that they're only motivated by getting more money, you'll hear them say things like, these people just want money. Because the thing is, their worldview, the way they see the world is how they think other people see the world too. They don't really understand that different people have different perspectives. It's similar with like white fragility. You have this woman, Robin DiAngelo, say all white people are racist. Why? Well, because she's racist. So she assumes all white people must feel the exact same way she does. You get the point. People have a perspective. They say if if you know, so I I think it's really funny when you see the left calling out grifters. If they view everything through the lens of a grifter, they would accuse other people of, of, of being motivated by the same thing. My motivations are my opinions and the things that get me riled up and I can just rant about. I don't like craft a message and a script or anything like that. I just rant. But these leftists, they're grifting. They'll, they'll smack talk on Twitter and then post their, their PayPal and they'll make money. And when they look at other people on the right, they'll say, see, they're grifting because it's the only thing they understand. Why else would they do it? It's the only way they understand to do it. That being said, and I've given you several examples, think about what they're saying when the Washington Post says, <laughs> you might find a lot to like. You think I, I would like that? Is it because you liked it? Yeah, I think that's the issue. 
Hollywood is sick. We've heard about these stories about what goes on in Hollywood. I mean, and, and even outside of this, come on, Weinstein, we know the depravity in Hollywood. And I'm not talking about QAnon conspiracy theories or anything stupid like that. Like they're trying to look, look at this defense, like the QAnon era. Are you, is it a joke? Is now opposing exploitation of children a right wing thing? Okay. Well, then I'll tell you what, everybody's right wing. Who are all these people on Netflix? that are upvoting Netflix cuties has gone too far. Who are those people? Are they all right wing? Certainly there should be some left wing people to oppose this. Netflix under file fire for French streaming. Washington Post comments defends cuties from uproar after knocking Joker as provocative. You see how this works? Remember when Joker came out and they said, it's white nationalism. It's going to, it's, it's a, it's an incel film. It's going to inspire all of these things. And it wasn't. And it wasn't even really that extreme. It was just a character-driven thriller, I guess. And it was really good. It was, it was great. But I'll tell you what, didn't have kids in it. Didn't have kids in it. I already don't like the fact that Netflix runs uh, Big Mouth. That's a creepy show already. It's, I, 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 you probably know about this because I talked about it in the last segment I did on, on Cuties. But this is, Big Mouth is a show about kids going, like little kids doing sexual things. I'm like, why are it's a bunch of adults acting out the show. It's probably why there hasn't been that much outrage. But this over the top. Look at this. As Cuties backlash persists, Netflix defends the film. Here's a bunch of stories. This is uh, from our friends over at the Donald.win. They posted this. The people freaking out about Cuties should try it. They might like it. The creepy conservative obsession with cuties. QAnon latches on to cancel Netflix hashtag. The angry Christian right should watch Netflix's cuties. The controversy over Netflix's cuties is totally ridiculous. Cuties, the extraordinary Netflix debut that became the target of a right wing campaign. The Netflix movie cuties has become the latest target of save the children conspiracy theorists from BuzzFeed News. How cuties, a French movie on Netflix became part of America's culture war. A movie critiquing sexualization of young girls is accused of doing the thing it criticizes. Here's how the controversy started and why it matters. And they're going to talk about it. What is Cuties actually about? Blah, blah, blah. They're going to say, how did Cuties become targeted as outrage? Alyssa says, I totally agree. Cuties basically makes the case that both the traditional rules of Amy's family and the freedom afforded by the internet to children who are too young to quite comprehend what they're doing are different ways of controlling girls' bodies. There's good in both the beauty of chosen devotion, blah, blah, blah. So all that said, how did this movie of all movies, one that seems bent on getting across a message that its detractors would agree with, end up being such a target for outrage? Part of it certainly did have to do with the first poster. B.S. That's a full scene in the movie. He says, my understanding is that the film generated zero controversy, though, through its French production and Sundance debut. But then Netflix, a high-powered U.S. company, picked up the film and unfortunately marketed it using one of the most provocative shots as its first movie poster. This provocative movie poster that you're seeing that I don't even want to show, that's a full scene in the film. They're wearing those outfits. They're twerking. They're doing. They touch themselves. I am not making this up. I am. I am. I, I can't believe they would defend this because they were trying to trick us into watching it. Is that the real complaint? The only reason people are mad is because Netflix accidentally revealed they had made a pedo film and, and they were, and they got caught trying to trick people into watching this trash. Here's what this Aja woman or individual says. I watched it with the controversy already in mind. So I'm sure that colored my reception 
of it significantly. But even so, I thought it was very well done, a very well done film and, and really enjoyable, which is not an easy feat to manage, given that it's also, as you said, intensely uncomfortable at specific moments. Oh, now they get it. These kids were auditioning for this. How many young girls were brought in and told to booty dance for the producers to bob up and down on the ground and touch themselves? I don't even want to think about it, but this is this is the film industry. Now, I'll tell you what, man. IndieWire, Cuties director speaks out amid backlash film sexualizes children and Netflix defends it. I canceled my Netflix. I, I got rid of it immediately. And Big Mouth was bad enough. Here, here's, here's Netflix. Cuties is a social commentary against the sexualization of young children, a Netflix spokesperson said to Variety. It's an award-winning film and a powerful story about the pressure young girls face on social media and from society more generally growing up. And we'd encourage anyone who cares about these important issues to watch the movie. I don't want to watch that. You can just tell me and I'll say, I get it. They could have done it animated. They could have not actually put little girls in situations, but it's, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. I said on Twitter, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Don't post these things. I don't even want to see the clips. And some people, in order to get their point a point across, have said, you have to see these clips. But you know what? I, I reject that. You know why? That's literally the argument they're using to defend it. No, we're showing you these girls doing these things because it's disturbing and uncomfortable. Nah, I don't care. You literally got little girls to do this. And then you published this film. What do you think is going to happen? These little girls should not be doing this stuff. Ducour says it's clear from the backlash that people upset with the film have not streamed it. Telling Zora, I realize that people who have started this controversy haven't yet seen the film. Netflix has apologized to the public and to myself. I'm hoping that these people will watch the movie now that it's out. I'm eager to see their reaction when they realize that we are both on the same side of this fight against young children's hypersexualization. That is a lie. When Tulsi Gabbard called it out, we got this this blue check mark. Melissa Ryan saying Tulsi going QAnon is the least surprising thing to happen in 2020. You know what? Drop the red pills. Take a look at r slash videos. And this is why I am I am comfortable and I am confident in my moral indignation. I am no fan of cancel culture, but I got my line. OK, man, I believe that people have a right to express themselves. People have a right to speak, but kids can't consent. Getting these little girls to, to do these things on film for a major release, international release, and they don't realize what this means for them growing up. Maybe they'll regret this. Now they have to, you just, when they're older and they're in their 20s or whatever, and people have video of them touching themselves, dancing and humping the ground, I get angry just thinking about it. You think they're going to be like, that was a great thing I did. Or are they going to be like, why did they have me do that? Unless, of course, the goal has always been from the left and the media to normalize this psychotic behavior. I got my line. And apparently 31,300 people do as well. And several hundred, that's, it's crossed their line so far. They're willing to pay to award the post. I don't, know, I don't think the awards actually do anything. It's a lot of money wasted, in my opinion. But when you get normies on YouTube and it hits Reddit, and Reddit is very left-leaning. You've made a serious tactical error. And now I think you can see why this is a major red pill. Because the media is so desperate to say the right is always wrong, that they've defended a film that regular people are disgusted by. Do you think you could show this, 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 this poster was bad enough? 
you think when, when people see this and they get outraged, Netflix has to apologize, that showing the full scene would not also court controversy. I don't care what their plan was. I don't care if it was a publicity stunt. I care that Netflix literally did this and I don't want to have to see these things. But I'm mostly mad about the media. That's the main point here. So I kind of buried the lead just because I'm, I'm really angry about this. But the exclusive is that there's a call for the DOJ to take action against Netflix. I'm just I saw this and I saw the media's reaction defending the film. It's a right wing. It's a right wing thing. It's QAnon. They are so desperate. They are going to light themselves up. I'll tell you what, man, you want to find an issue to get some votes for Donald Trump and the Republicans. This is it. Show this to suburban housewives and say, please watch this clip and now see all of these lefties defending it and see how quickly these mothers go. Good God. Why? Everybody agrees it's nasty and messed up. For some reason, they just refuse to let it go. They have to oppose the right no matter what. What's actually driving the backlash? It's just QAnon conspiracies, blah, blah, blah. Vox, pathetic. I'm grossed out, man. I'm, I, this, this stuff makes me really angry. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It's a different channel, and I will see you all then. Is New York City being totally destroyed by Cuomo and de Blasio? I'd argue yes, because it's on a downward trajectory. Businesses are being closed. Lethal crime is skyrocketing. But a lot of people have tried to defend it. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld tried defending it. And then we've I've actually had some people that, uh, you know, I know and respect, notably Ryan Long, the comedian, said, hey, man, it's like a big block party. But I'd have to suggest that's just another sign that they're completely losing control. But I guess it could be a good thing. It's still kind of a bad thing. But anyway, here's the story. Young revelers pack Washington Square Park in Manhattan again after Governor Cuomo slammed NYU and NYPD for not doing enough to crack down on the massive parties. Well, I got news for you, Cuomo and de Blasio and NYU and and NYPD. It's called the First Amendment. And I got to (laughs) say, these people who are like twerking and booty dancing in, in, in Washington Square Park, they're legally allowed to do it. The First Amendment doesn't say why you can gather. It doesn't say it has to be for protest. It says you can peaceably assemble. So if a bunch of people want to gather in a park, and dance around, and many of them don't wear masks. Well, uh, too bad. You can't do anything about it. I think this is actually a bad thing for New York. All right. New York needs to get stability back. This is certainly not helping that. In fact, the longer Cuomo's lockdown goes on, the longer you are, or the more you are going to see a loss of confidence in government. People just don't care anymore. You can't tell them you're not allowed to do anything. You can't go out. You can't work. You can't go to restaurants. Finally, people are going to be like, dude, I don't care. I have to live. We're reaching people's wits end. They can't just sit locked in their cubicle apartments anymore. And they're going to go out and exercise their First Amendment right to peaceably assemble for whatever reason that may be. But it shows that confidence in the government is being lost. None of these people are scared. The NYPD is going to do anything about it. What are they going to do? They've been defunding the police. So not only do you see lethal crime, but you see people straight up saying, we don't think you can do anything anyway. People across this country have been emboldened by the weakening of police and the weakening of the district attorneys. And it's been really bad in some places. But I got to tell you, the other night in Portland, when people were doing a dance party in front of ICE, I applaud that peaceful protest here, here. How about this a party in Manhattan in defiance of COVID? Well, I got to say peaceful gathering. 
They're allowed to do it for whatever reason. Here's the story. Large crowds of young revelers have again gathered in Manhattan's Washington Square Park to party after Governor Andrew Cuomo slammed nearby New York University for failing to crack down. Photos and video obtained by Daily Mail show throngs of hundreds dancing, singing and twerking in the lower Manhattan Park on Friday, a few wearing masks or with few wearing masks or observing social distancing. It follows crowded festivities in the park over Labor Day weekend, which drew condemnation from Cuomo, who said, frankly, NYU security didn't do anything about it. The local police didn't do anything about it yet. Well, well, too bad, Cuomo. Cuomo's the guy who put a bunch of sick people in nursing homes and killed a bunch of old people. It's really it's really messed up. I wonder how many people he killed. It's in the thousands. For that matter, I wonder how much political damage was caused by what Cuomo has done. I mean, first of all, these are voters. He took away their rights and their lives. That's not him. You know what, man? Let's just do this. Let's call the people dancing in the street a peaceful protest against Cuomo, and I'll accept it. On Friday night, NYPD officers from the 6th Precinct did respond to the park, the images show, but it's unclear what actions they took. Spokesperson for NYU and NYPD did not immediately respond to a request for comment on Saturday morning. Well, it's possible the NYPD were like, what are we going to do? Tell people you can't go outside? Nah, we're done. I think there's actually something potentially worse. What are the cops supposed to do? Look how many people are there. This is not the same as some protest. This is hundreds, uh, several hundred people dancing. And what are they going to do? Call in SWAT for a party? Man, that would be really, really bad. I kind of wish they would. You know why? Because it would make people realize the uh, depravity of these lockdowns. Now, I'm kidding, by the way. I don't want that. These people are allowed to peacefully assemble. The point is, first, I think it's fair to say they're not, you know, shutting these things down, but they're shutting down businesses, okay? They won't go and shut down the party. But your business, they will shut down. And that's kind of the point I'm trying to make. If they actually went to the parties and shut them down, then these people would be snapped to attention like, whoa, what's happening? Why can't we go and just hang out with our friends? If you're a business, however, oh, they'll shut you down in two seconds. It's a joke. NYC restaurant owners say 25% indoor dining will do nothing to save the industry after disastrous state response that forced more than 1,000 to close forever. Yeah, forever. So they, you know what? Here's what I'm trying to get at. You can go out and party. And I respect it. I do. You have a right to peaceably assemble. And what do the cops do about it? Nothing. But what if you're a business owner trying to provide for the community? They will shut you down. They will strip you of your rights and your livelihood. And they will, they will do it for so long you, you are crushed. And you know who survives? The wealthy. Yeah, that's right. If you're some dude who owns a, a bodega, maybe a couple bodegas, a little corner stores, you can't afford to be shut down this long. You can't pay your rent. What happens? Your business closed, your, your food spoiled, or the rioters came and smashed your windows. What about Starbucks? Oh, Starbucks can afford it easily. Starbucks is going to be like, well, we're, we're losing money in New York, but it's okay. Once it's all said and done, we're going to buy up all the cheap properties from the collapsed small business. And this is a massive transfer of power from the working class to the wealthy. Bravo, Democrats. It's like Vox said back in 2016, the Democrats have become the party of the ultra wealthy. The only thing that's standing up to them, I guess, are these wild parties, but the parties aren't going to do anything. And that's why the police backed off. They don't want to create the circumstance. They're going to let the, 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 gover- uh, the government, the governor, the mayor just outright destroy lives. But you can party. That's OK. 
They, uh, uh, to be fair, they did criticize the party, but they didn't do anything about it. It follows large gatherings at the park last weekend, which drew harsh criticism from Cuomo at a press conference. You have NYU students coming from other countries. You have a large gathering, many people without masks. It went on for hours. What do you think is going to happen? Cuomo said, raising fears that such gatherings could spread COVID-19. Oh, 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 now do Black Lives Matter. Now do Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, you lost all confidence. We watched the protesters go out. In fact, I bet a bunch of these kids were in the protests. So what are you going to do about it? They're going to come out and they're going to say, we went out last time. You didn't complain last time. We did the exact same thing. Oh, but we don't got our signs today. All right, guys, down in Washington Square, you just need one big sign that says Black Lives Matter and you're good. And Cuomo ain't going to say anything about it. Come on, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't criticize the movement. They say it was a shocking start to the NYU school year, which resumed classes last week. So far, at least 20 students have been suspended for violating COVID-19 safety guidelines. Uh, uh, Oh, wait, there's more. So far, 108 colleges across the country have reported more than 100 cases each since reopening their doors for the fall semester. New York schools seeing outbreaks included SUNY Oneonta, Cornell University, University at Buffalo, Hofstra University, SUNY Colgate, SUNY uh, Fredonia. There's some people twerking. Here's some people just, uh, you know, having a dance. Here's a bunch of people dancing. You know what? Good. Good for them. That's the First Amendment. You can't take it away. You know, we're closing colleges all across the state. What do you think is going to happen? Cuomo threatened. Do you think they care, Cuomo? They don't care about what you have to say. You say we're New York tough. That is not tough by the New York administrators (laughs) who, as soon as they heard about it, should have said stop it and sent NYU security to break it down. It's not tough by New York City enforcement. They saw a large gathering and violated social distancing. So what? This is your problem, Cuomo. You, you and your and your mayor and New York wanted to entertain Black Lives Matter. You thought it helped your polls, didn't you? And now people realized what's the difference and what did you think was going to happen? You supported the protests and now no one takes your lockdown seriously. This is your fault. You're the one who put sick people in the nursing homes. You're the one who supported protest. And so is de Blasio. And you have no nothing to stand on. They're doing exactly what you told them to do. It's your fault. You failed New York. And I don't want to hear it. Cuomo is one of the worst politicians. All of these Democrats need to get voted out. All of them. I'm done. It is pathetic. You think you're going to provide a double standard to these people? They can see through that. And maybe many of them are dumb. They went out and protest in New York. And you know what we saw? The nurses were clapping. Oh, yeah, good job. Good job. Now they're out partying. What's the difference? You said it was safe. Nobody got sick. What's the difference? Oh, is it political ideology? You're allowed to go out for political ideology that supports your campaign. You know what? I'll tell you where you can take your COVID lockdown, where you can put it. Cuomo, you failed. This is your responsibility. No one takes you seriously. Neither the the police don't. The administrators don't. And I think what we're seeing here, people are fed up and they just don't care anymore. The lockdown ended a long time ago for regular people. But for businesses, they're still living under the boot of morons like you. Maybe you should look in the mirror. But of course, it's all politics. So Coma comes out and goes, Donald Trump caused the pandemic. Donald Trump. No, he didn't. Shut up. You are the one who put sick people in nursing homes. That's on you. Trump didn't cause anything. Trump works the federal level. 
The states were supposed to be responsible. And what did you do? You allowed them to go out and protest. So how about you go cry me a river and I'm going to sit back and enjoy the party that's happening in New York? Because why should anyone take you seriously at this point? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes and I'll see you all shortly. And here it is, CNN's fluff interview with the man who was armed and tried to approach or disarm or whatever he tried to do with Kyle Rittenhouse. And he took a 223 round to his bicep, which is now gone. And he cried and he cried on TV. Well, I'll tell you what, buddy, don't go to riots. Don't bring guns to riots. And then don't be surprised when you run up to someone laying on the ground armed, try to grab their weapon and you get shot. This is conflict. And there's actually a really important conversation about uh, about this that we need to have. This guy says that he was legally allowed to carry a weapon. A lot of people are arguing that he was just trying to disarm this mass shooter. Kyle Rittenhouse was attacked, chased. This man Rosenbaum tried to grab his gun from him, so he fired in self-defense only after someone else fired first. They fired into the air. Kyle couldn't have known that. So he shot, hit the guy. The guy died. Kyle was running for the police when they attacked him, including this man. And now he's missing 90% of his bicep. And he says he's in excruciating pain every day. You joined the fray. And this is what happens. The same goes for Kyle Rittenhouse. It's true. I do believe it's, it's he was defending himself. Of course, he was attacked. The rioters shouldn't have been there. But you got to recognize some some people are saying Rittenhouse is a hero. I'm not, I, I disagree. I complete, completely. The kids shouldn't have been out there. Law enforcement needs to handle all of this. If they can't, then we got serious problems. And the reality is we do have serious problems because it seems like they were attacking these businesses. And if it was not for Kyle and his friends, it could have been a lot worse. Witnesses say that the extremists who this guy was protecting were pushing a flaming dumpster towards a gas station. And if not for Kyle and his friends, for all we know, this gas station could have exploded or worse. So what should we have now? So what do we do now? This is, a, this is an interesting problem. And there's a lot to talk about here. What if Kyle and his friends didn't put out that fire and the gas station blew up? Well, then the narrative would be that this guy and his friends were evil terrorists. Should they have just let the gas station blow up? People could have died. No, I think they did the right thing, stopping the rioters. But then the rioters attacked. They attacked. And Kyle had no choice but to defend himself. Several witnesses have told me to my face, Kyle likely would have died. This guy was armed with a Glock 9mm, it appears. I'm not a big gun person. I recently have, have purchased some guns. But he, he runs up to this kid and he's armed. And he takes a bolt to the arm. Well, now he goes and cries on TV about it. There's an interesting conversation here, though, about the idea of a good guy with a gun. That works really well when we're dealing with a unified society. When we're dealing with acts of terror, who is the good guy with the gun? Now, I think it's obvious that uh, for, for most people who are watching, Kyle Rittenhouse was trying to be the good guy with the gun. I think he did. I think he did wrong. I do in the sense that he just should not have been there. And it's not necessarily about the idea that people shouldn't protect their businesses. It's about the fact that he was just he's a young guy. This was not his fight. And there needed to be some older, uh, more mature, well-trained individuals, if not the police, somebody that could protect these businesses. Because you, you, you've not seen stories about the Oath Keepers going around and, and, and running and shooting these people because they're better trained. And you know, they know what they're doing. So I think Kyle made a mistake. And I think he shouldn't have been there. But I don't think he was a bad guy with a gun. He was trying to be the good guy. He was trying to help. I can respect that. You, you, you can respect that Kyle Rittenhouse was trying to do the right thing. 
and bad things became of it, of it and people lost their lives. Now, here's the important factor. This guy's crying on TV. And I'm going to tell you, the left is saying he was the good guy with the gun. Yeah, he was running up to stop this mass shooter. And so was the other guy, Huber. And so was this guy, Rosenbaum. And that is just not true. So he cries on TV. CNN gives him a puff piece. Let me tell you, based on the evidence, these guys were threatening and screaming in the face of Rittenhouse. I don't know about him specifically, because he was he had put out this fire that was going that was going to a gas station. Not him, but somebody was. They were screaming. They knew these guys were armed. They knew why they were attacking them. So let's rewind all of this. The left is trying to frame this as though this man, CNN, giving him his puff piece interview, crying. I was just trying to help legally owned. No, okay, hold on. The people you were defending could have blown up a gas station. The people you were defending engaged the young guys with guns. They started it. You came to destroy and you came crying guy to help them. You said you wanted to help. You weren't helping the law enforcement. You weren't helping the community members. You were helping the rioters who, who were almost who were on the verge of blowing up a gas station. So forgive me if you think you're the good guy and you're crying and now you're in excruciating pain. I'll tell you this. Stupid games, stupid prizes. And I'm not here to, to, to uh, offer up a hard defense of Kyle Rittenhouse other than the facts, the truth. He was attacked. He defended himself. And in my opinion, he should not have been out there. They can both be true at the same time. If you enter the fray, then you're responsible for what happens. In the instance of Rittenhouse, I'm talking about this guy. Rittenhouse was in the city where he worked, 20 miles from his home, which is part of his you know, urban area. Many of these people live further away than he did, from some of them from even outside the state. So you want to go on TV? Cena wants to prop him up? I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. And, 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 to, and to that regard, I don't like that they were propping up Kyle Rittenhouse in a similar way. His lawyers put out a video because it, that's just bad for legal defense. We got to be honest. You got to be honest. You've got, you've got two stories here. A young kid who, in my opinion, foolishly went out to protect businesses in his community. I can respect the idea, but I don't think he should have done it. On the other side, you have violent rioters that have been plaguing our streets for months. And in a sense, you know, Kyle, you're looking at all these months of death and everything, and I can, I can understand why he wanted to come out. And it's a shame all of this happened. But you want to go on TV and cry about it? That's too bad. He says that he's, I'm in constant pain, like excruciating pain that just doesn't, that does, that just doesn't go away, both in my arm, in my heart. It's amazing to me that the media is propping up this guy to give him this interview. What about Rittenhouse? Give him an interview. How about that? Now, in reality, how about you give neither of them an interview? Kyle's going to go through the legal channels. We'll see how this plays out. And this dude should be arrested. Why was this guy not arrested? He was down there. He was armed. And he was engaging in this conflict, too. I don't know, man, because these these guys can attack Rittenhouse and get away with it. I'll just put it that way. Shouldn't this guy be charged for running up and with a gun to Kyle? Kyle didn't engage him. In fact, when this guy initially put his hands up, Kyle lowered his weapon. Then he charges at Kyle. Isn't he the, 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 the criminal here? Think about it. If you're armed and someone runs at you holding a gun and you defend yourself, are you the criminal or the guy who ran at you? Of course, there's going to be a narrative, you know, the left is going to push their narrative. And that's why there's an interesting conundrum. The idea of a good, with, good guy with a gun stops when you have two ideological tribes who both think that they are the good guys with the gun stopping evil. And what that means is it doesn't matter if you're right. 
This is the, this is the most important fact y'all need to understand. There is being right and there is being alive. Now, is it honorable and correct to do certain, you know, to take certain actions in defense? Absolutely. But what if these people just kill you? Well, then you're dead. And this is an important thing you need to know about war. Well, there's a lot of ideas about honor back in the day and how it was like you, you had to fight fair. And if you won, you won. Yeah, but I don't think that's actually true for the most part. Maybe it's just we romant- romanticize the past as some like honor and tradition. In reality, these people are going to lie, cheat and steal. They're not going to care what you have to say. And they're going to claim this crybaby guy on TV is the actual hero. And CNN's going to give him a chance to speak because he was trying to stop a mass shooter. Well, Facebook called Rittenhouse a mass shooter. You're probably not going to be able to post this video on Facebook. They'll ban it. And that's that's that, that's the point. You you can know that you are right, but are you alive, right? Because if the crazies who are lying end up winning and then you are not alive, well, then it doesn't matter what you think, does it? I hope that we don't see that dramatic escalation. I hope that it ends with crybaby dude crybabying on TV and that Antifa learns their lesson now with the feds coming out for them and people saying no more. I mean, this dude crying, you can see he's learned his lesson. I mean, I'm assuming he's learned his lesson, but it looks like he learned a lesson. And I'm not saying this, that like people deserve to be shot. Absolutely not. But the lesson is simple. You bring a gun and you run up to somebody armed and try to take their gun from them. You are attacking them. The left is trying to claim that they were heroes trying to disarm a mass shooter because they ignore the facts that Kyle Rittenhouse was also an individual who chose to join the fray and was trying to protect himself. There is no uh, objective uh, right or wrong and in terms of who gets shot. Now, what I mean to say is Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself. This guy attacked. But when it comes to both factions, they're going to disagree. Naturally, I think Rittenhouse was, was in the right to defend himself. What I'm trying to say is at the end of all of this, you have a conflict between two sides, both saying they're right, both asserting the other side is wrong. And you and I know that Rittenhouse was defending himself and they don't. And they don't care. Thus, CNN will prop up a guy who will cry on TV and say that, you know, he's in pain and he was doing the right thing when he wasn't. Absolutely was not doing the right thing. Apparently, he posted on social media, his friend did, that his only regret was that he didn't kill Kyle Rittenhouse. So Kyle had no choice but to defend himself by this guy's own admission. So no, he's not the good guy. He's the loser. He's the guy who went to riot He's the guy who tried to stop the kid who was defending himself. And he's the guy who lost his, his bicep because of it. I don't want any of this. We don't want conflict. So everybody needs to stop and chill out. And I'll, I'll put it this way. I can make fun of this guy to a certain degree. I'm not trying to make fun of him, but he is crying. Like he's being propped up and he's crying. Let me just tell you, tone down. Don't go out with weapons. Deescalate. More and more people are showing up to these protests armed. That's a bad idea. If you're on, if, if, I'll tell you, everybody should stop. But if the left won't listen, let them take the PR loss. Don't, uh, don't play that game. We might see them do it, but I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in just a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to get woke, go broke for you tonight. The NFL ratings taking a dive. At the same time, the, uh, what is this, the Kansas City Chiefs? did a moment of silence for Black Lives Matter, and the crowd booed them. Bravo. Well, you know what? Hold on. Let me walk back that bravo. If you know they're going to do this, why are you paying money to go? Stop supporting them. 
There are people who have already stopped watching. The NBA is taking a similar hit. And if they want to become a church for the for the for the for the woke, let them have their ceremony and don't give them money and don't support them. To be fair, you know, I supported Democrats earlier in this year because I really thought that if I propped up the right ones by donating to the right Democrats, this could help protect, you know, create a strong Democratic Party and have them resist Trump derangement syndrome. It did not work. Tulsi Gabbard's still awesome. Yang's okay, but he jumped right in. And so now I'm just like, you know what? Divest, divest, divest. Stop giving them money. Here's the story from OutKick. Jason Whitlock writes, the booing you heard at Arrowhead Stadium Thursday night isn't hard to understand. Black Lives Matter is toxic and divisive. Some of the 17,000 Kansas City Chiefs fans allowed to attend the NFL's season opening Texas Chiefs clash booed during the pregame moment of unity because the moment was umbrellaed by the Black Lives Matter slogan scrawled across the jumbotrons. Mystery solved. Chiefs fans aren't stupid. They're informed, passionate, and fearless. They love Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. But they love their country more than the foolish players who have swallowed Black Lives Matter ideology, propaganda, and vision for America. Social media and the athletes addicted to Twitter and Instagram define BLM as a long overdue fight for racial equality. Equality. Many Americans see BLM for exactly what it is, a clever disguise for Marxists and anarchists who seek to destroy American freedoms. And those citizens are growing more comfortable expressing their disdain for the BLM movement. The booing you heard rejected Black Lives Matter, not unity. The booing you heard rejected the rioting, looting, violence, and in-your-face harassment associated with BLM movement, with the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh, that's right. Black Lives Matter protests have been mostly peaceful. Studies have shown that 93% of BLM protests have been peaceful. You know what? Most of the time in the 1950s and 1960s, segregationists did not respond with loose water hoses, batons, and dogs at civil rights protests. Bull Connor, the racists commissioner of public safety for the city of Birmingham in the 1960s, was, quote, mostly peaceful. Members of the Klan didn't lynch, beat, and harass the overwhelming majority of black men and women they encountered. The Klan was mostly peaceful. Studies revealed 95% of Klan rallies are peaceful. And no, none of them are good. That's an insane line coming from the media. I, 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 this is a great article, Jason. He says, you follow my sarcastic point. We've seen enough violence, looting and abuse at BLM protests to conclude Black Lives Matter isn't peaceful or unifying. It's not difficult to understand why the so-called moment of unity triggered Chiefs fans. Unifying under the BLM umbrella is the equivalent of unifying at a Klan rally. No dice, no way. There are far better umbrellas. We can start with sports. Sports, football in particular, have been a moment of American unity for nearly 100 years. Jesse Owens sparked a moment at the 1936 Berlin Olympics when he slayed Hitler's Aryan superiority myth. Joe Louis ignited a moment when he knocked out German heavyweight Max Schmeling. Jackie Robinson birthed an entire movement when he integrated Major League Baseball. Man, I want to give an o- a standing ovation to Jason Wellock on this one. He's right. I've never been a big sports guy, but I tell you what, when I go down to the sports bar and order up some, I'm not going to say boneless wings, we're past that, they're saucy nugs. I don't know if you guys have seen the viral video, but they're called saucy nugs and, uh, and a drink. I like club soda lemonade. Guess what? I'm surrounded by all different people of all different races and religions, and we're all watching a game. It's unifying. 
It is. There's no politics in it. Just brand marketing. But we're watching a game. You know what? The only thing divisive about sports is whose team, your team, my team. We got the North side, South side rivalry, Cubs versus Sox. Who's better? And it's a joke. Okay, you go to a bar and you're with your buddy and they're like, the White Sox are better. And you're like, dude, no way. The Cubs are better. Like, bro, the Cubs can't even win. And you're like, come on. And it's silly. It's fun. You've got this. You've got a real rivalry and it's fun to play. It's fun to compete. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just a it's just a game. It's just a joke. So after all is said and done, when we have the Crosstown Classic in Chi-Town, when the Sox versus the Cubs and whoever wins, we all walk out and we laugh. And we have some, some you know, Chicago-style hot dogs, got the pickle on it, and the sport peppers, relish, celery salt. And your friends, that is unifying. Sports was unifying. And now they've injected this psychotic politic into it. And now it's not unifying. Now it's divisive. Now it's offensive. He says, sports don't need Black Lives Matter to promote unity or equality. Football sure as hell doesn't. Football players and football fans have been putting their differences aside and coming together to cheer, jeer, and support Walter Payton, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Lawrence Taylor, Peyton Manning, and Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders for decades. America's pastime embraced and celebrated a workforce that's 70% black a long time ago. Black Lives Matter wishes it could, it could match the NFL's ability to unify and bolster equality. BLM is toxic, divisive, and highly political. BLM undermines unity here, here. I agree. Well, ratings dropped 16% from last year from opening for opening game of the NFL season. What did you think was going to happen? Daily Caller reports. The ratings dropped for the NFL opener between the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs and Houston Texans from last year's season open season season opener. The Thursday night battle where the Chiefs beat the Texans 34 to 20 saw a 16.1% drop in the ratings when compared to the 2019 opener for the season in the age demographic of 18 to 48, 49 per deadline in a piece published Friday. The early numbers for the first game of the NFL season on NBC scored a 5.2 in the highly coveted age demographic with 16.4 million viewers. There's still a lot of people, mind you, in, uh, in comparison the September 5th, 2019 opener for the Green Bay Packers, 10 to 3 win over the, over the Chicago Bears, scored a 12.826 in the, in, in the demographic. That was 22 million viewers tuning in for the showdown. According to the report, as of now, the viewership results for the game in front of 17,000 socially distanced fans at KC's Arrowhead Stadium is looking like a 10 year low for the NFL and the NBC and, and, and NBC at the NBC. And you know why? Now, I'll tell you the bad news. They're still sitting at, you know, 16 point whatever million people, right? The way they're looking at it is, so what if we lose you? We don't care. They know that if, or their plan, I should say, <clears throat> is they want to get a bunch of woke ideologues to treat this like a church ceremony. They might not like football. They don't care. But they love the politics. Why would they do this? You know, I've often said that there's a get get broke, go woke phenomenon, the inversion, right? That when a company starts failing in desperation, they embrace wokeness in a desperate bid to attract the woke because they know the woke will support them no matter what, even if they don't like football. Nah, this is quite literally a get woke, go broke. Why are they doing it? They, they're, they're just going to lose money. And they are. Their ratings are down. 
which means probably, ad, you know, ads, I guess, for the, for the broadcast are going to go down. There's going to be less drive and less desire. And I'll tell you what, a lot of the people leaving, many of them are probably diehard fans, diehards. The people who funded and supported this, who pay the salaries of these of these players, they're breaking apart sports. And maybe the real reason is that it is unifying. Maybe the goal is to be divisive. Maybe they want America to be ripped apart at its seams and fighting each other in the streets. So what do they do? They inject insane politics into sports, hurting them, destroying them, and taking away what unified us. You know, it's funny. They've long, uh, people have long compared major league sports to bread and circuses. You know, the old trope of the Coliseum, they ride in, he throws the bread around to the audience, and they all cheer. And then you bring in the gladiators to keep the people distracted from the real problems they were facing. Keep them entertained. They're tearing it apart. They are absolutely destroying what really did unify us. And for what? For this fringe ideology? Apparently so. Now, perhaps it's in desperation to try and win and defeat Trump. So they're forcing everyone to get politically active. They need record voter turnout to beat Trump. And they know it. Moody's analytics said it last year. So they have injected politics into literally everything and painted it in the street. So you can't escape it because they are manipulators and they are desperate. And please do not give them power. Because I think they have crossed the line. The rioting, the looting, the violence, the defense of it. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. And now their ratings will suffer because of it. And they don't care. They will sacrifice what you love. They will sacrifice your stability for power. So I'll tell you what, when they inject politics into your game to try and force you to shock you to say politics, 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 vote for Trump. He's not the one who's doing it. Trump's the one complaining about it. So show that it'll backfire on them. Show them they'll lose their ratings and it will help the opponent. I'm going to vote for Trump because of critical race theory, because of stuff like this, and because of the peace agreements he's done. I'm happy with them. And we'll see how things play out. But you know what? The stuff there, I, I think it's a desperate bid. And I'm hoping that after the election, things calm back down. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.